Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 38. Today is a big show. We got uh, our rundown for week 10. We got a recap. We got some We got some local news that we're going to recap at some point. We got tough scene of the week. And then, of course, we have our picks. Last week, we didn't do so good. This week, we're looking to do better. And uh, yeah, I mean, let's get into it. I guess we can start off with something that's pretty big before we get into our rundown that we usually we start off with. Paul Goldschmidt uh, is the National League MVP. So that's that's pretty cool. He's the first Cardinals player to win the MVP since Albert Pujols did it in 2009. He's also the oldest player to win an MVP since Barry Bonds in 2004. So sometimes we forget how old Paul Goldschmidt is. He is 35 years old. So um, me and him share a birthday, fun fact. But yeah, it's really cool to see him get the MVP. He deserved it. He really had the best year all around. I mean, he kind of he slumped at the end, but we all know that. But, you know, he was very consistent throughout the entire season. So that's that's pretty cool news that uh, we'll talk about more later, but needs to be addressed at the beginning of the show because that's a, it's a big deal. Aaron Judge also won an MVP in the AL. Um, so, yeah. Cam, you want to start us off with our rundown? Yeah, let's uh, get on into it. So, week 10, week 10 rundown. So, here we go. Here we go. We start off in a primetime showdown between heavyweight Panthers and Falcons. This game had major Madden vibes, as we talked about last week, including some of the animations on dropped interceptions, tackling, and a Marcus Mariota throw straight out of NCAA 14. The Panthers held control of this one from the beginning, and Baker and the boys headbutt their way to a 25-15 to win. Also a Madden-like score. Now, we channel our inner ancestors and head overseas to Germany for a hard-fought battle between the Bucks and the Hawks. It's not a coincidence that the only Reich in the NFL was fired less than a week before the first-ever game, NFL game in Germany. The fans were electric, though, and the Bucks put on a show. Despite embarrassing himself as a wide receiver, Tom Brady adds to his all-time resume, becoming the first QB to win in four different countries as the Bucks take the country roads home to a 21-16 victory. Next, we take a hike up to Chicago for a NFC North battle between the Bears and Lions. This game was back and forth as Justin Fields has turned into a prime Michael Vick, and the Lions show some heart. However, a late pick six from Fields and late kicking woes, giving the Bears fans flashbacks to 2018 in the double doink, propel the Lions to a narrow 31-30 win in the Windy City. Next, Will Smith welcomes us to Miami, where the Dolphins take on the Brownies. Tua once again goes nuclear, and the Miami ground attack was too much, as the Browns' only hope this season now is down to a creepy weirdo. The, Dolphin, the Dolphins win a whopping 39-17, as Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins are high and on top of the world, moving to first place in the AFC East. Hmm? Hmm? Dolphins? Dolphins, huh? And now we head up to Buffalo, New York, where what people are saying is the game of the year took place between the Bills and the Vikings. 
Kirko Chains came out of the gate scoring an early touchdown, but after that, it was all Josh Allen and the Bills. Or was it? After a 27-3 run by the Bills, the Vikings came roaring back with the help from Justin Jefferson and the GOAT fullback C.J. Ham. Kirk Thuggins leads a drive down to the goal line with an incredible catch from Jefferson, and the Bills come up with a fourth down stop, though, on the goal line to virtually end the game. So we thought. Down to their last breath, the Vikings recover a drop snap in the end zone by Josh Allen. Eric Kendricks pounced on it, and the Vikings took the lead. Bills kick a field goal, though, on their ensuing drive to send it to overtime, as this game was just absolute chaos. And in overtime, we got a Vikings field goal, and then Josh Allen interception in the end zone, and the Vikings get their signature win that they were looking for to maybe drop the fraud asterisk by their name, 33-30, to and put the NFC on notice. After that absolute masterclass of a game, we'll continue the greatness by moving to Kansas City, where the absolute brilliance of Patrick Mahomes was on display. The Chiefs got out to a huge first-half lead behind three touchdowns and 300 yards from Kermit himself, and that's all it took as the Jaguars look towards next year. The Chiefs win this one, 27-17. Lawrence looked okay, though. Next, we had to the Steel City, where the Steelers took on the Saints in the return of T.J. Watt. And that was all it took to revive the Steelers as they got back to their winning ways, along with some pigeons, as Deontay Johnson and the Pittsburgh defense went to work. Andy Dalton remains to be the face of sadness, as he somehow remains the starter for the Saints week after week and loss after loss, and throws two picks in this one without... Minka Fitzpatrick even on the field. Steelers are back and win 20 to 10 and are now 2-0 when Pigeons make an appearance behind the huddle in a game. They're also 2-0 on this year when TJ Watt plays. So that leads us to New Rutherford, New Jersey, where the Giants take on the one-win lowly Texans. Neither team played bad, but Saquon and the Giants held control of this one from the jump, and they hold on to win 24-16 and move to 7-2 and two on the year. Wow. Now we head to the city of country music, where the Broncos country once again did not ride against the Titans. In this incredibly boring and bad game, the Titans get a classic Vrabel win, defense and running the ball. Titans move to a 6-3 with a 17-10 win and might be on their way to 7-3. We'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. That's a tough scene. We now head to the afternoon slate where the Indianapolis Colts take on the Raiders. Saturday translated well into Sunday, and Matt Ryan traveled back into the past showing off his wheels with a 34-yard touchdown run. Jonathan Taylor is back, and Josh McDaniel's woes continue. The Colts win in the debut of Jeff Saturday, 25-20. to Next, we head to L.A., where it was the battle of the backups between the Cardinals and the Rams. The Rams' dumpster fire continues as Colt McCoy had a classic game 
looking back to his days at Texas of managing and short passes. James Conner returns were James Conner return was felt as he scored two tutties and helped Joe Mama win a fantasy game. The Rams are completely <laughs> dead after a Cooper Cup injury and they fall twenty seven to seventeen. And now we head to the frozen tundra where the watermelon smashing fat fuck Mike McCarthy made his return. Dak and CD's nuts got off to a huge start, giving the Cowboys a lead early. But then North Dakota State legend Christian Watson turned into prime Randy Moss and went for not one, not two, but three touchdowns to send the game to overtime. Despite Dallas getting the ball first, Big Mike's brain got in the way of them scoring, and then Aaron Rodgers did his best Jesus impression and rose the Packers from the dead, eking out a 31-20 to 20 win, 31-28 to 28 win at home. We head to the West Coast for a Sunday night affair in California. With every single charger with every single Chargers player being hurt, Jimmy G didn't have to do much per usual. The 49ers win 22 to 16 and Jimmy G gets his 10th career win in games where he throws zero touchdowns zilch. Although he should have had one, one was dropped. <laughs> and finally, we head to Philly to finish off a great weekend of football. The undefeated Eagles were on the ropes the whole game, and the usual second-quarter Eagles attack wasn't enough this time, as Taylor Heineke continues his tear as he was throwing darts late all over the field, and with some help from the refs and Joey Sly's, Joey Sly's huge leg, the Commanders end the undefeated dream with a 32-21 to win on the road. And that, my friends, wraps up the Week 10 rundown. Can we yes, have a lot to talk about here? I mean, that was yeah. it was a great weekend of football. Um, I mean, what games do we got to talk? We have to talk about the game, the Germany the game. Of the game. Year. I, before yeah, we'll we go for the, the game of the year, let's talk. Let's go to Germany to okay. the Rhineland. And before we do that, just a, a quick little. All right, there we go. You can also give a quick update on uh, Thursday night football. Aaron Rodgers sucks. Okay, I I defended him all year. The, the wide receiver core has been really bad. The offensive line hasn't been really good either. The defense has been has been definitely not as expected. They haven't been bad, but tonight the Packers have had so many opportunities to just push the ball down the field, and Rodgers just misses his passes. He missed a wide open Sammy Watkins a few plays ago. He just missed. Alan Lazard had like a 20 yard gain and he just threw it high. There's, he wasn't pressured at all. He just simply missed the pass. And so, uh, yeah, this is a tough scene. Why did we have to win last week? That's all I have to say. But before, before we talk about that game, let's get to, uh, Germany. Yeah, let's, let's head to the Rhineland. Um, the first ever game in the Rhineland football game, that is, there's, been all kinds of other battles there. Um, uh, that was maybe one of the coolest sports atmospheres I've ever seen. Like, and I've watched some soccer yeah. games. I've watched some soccer games. Um, and that was just really cool. I don't know. They were just like super pumped for football. 
which is really cool, you know, um, because apparently it's like this though. Like every, you know, every single game that I think it's Baron, I don't know how to say their soccer team's name. It's like B A Y E R N Munich. Baron Munich. Munich. Yeah. We'll just, uh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, yeah. they, uh, Whatever. it was crazy. It's, I didn't really, I, I keep learning new things about Germany, it seems lately. Uh, you know, um, it seemed like everybody in the crowd knew English. The way that they were singing uh, Country Roads at the game, Country at Road. the end. Um, and the stadium was playing all kinds of American popularized music uh, and stuff like that. So it was it was just a really cool scene at the end. After the game, um, the fans stayed, I swear to God, for like another hour just partying in the stadium. Um, <laughs> it was it was a wild thing to see. You football know, like guys. <laughs> football guys for sure. You know, they um, – <laughs> It was also cool to see just like how much bigger their beer is like, you know, the, you know, cause the cameras will uh, constantly show the crowd and you'll just see these giant, I mean, instead of like a can of beer, it seems like they get a pitcher of beer. So that's just super cool. Um, super cool. It was a really nice stadium. I mean, soccer stadiums in Europe, especially in the major cities are beautiful stadiums. I'll say it. And that one was really beautiful. Um, but yeah, just back to the crowd. It was just awesome. Even the players after the game, uh, Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, they're like, this was one of the coolest football experiences that I've ever had in my life. And for Tom Brady to say something like that, I mean, he's played forever. Um, you know, he's been a part of Michigan, Ohio state games. Um, he's been a part of multiple super bowls, seven super bowls, seven super Super bowls, you know, He's done it all in terms of football, and he said that was one of the coolest atmospheres he's ever been a part of. And it looked like it, like I said, it looked like it on TV. I mean, they were doing the post game show, and the crowd looked like it looked like the crowd for when the game was about to start. Like it was still full, so it was just super crazy. Um, in terms of the actual game, uh, the Buccaneers kind of got out to a pretty uh, big size or pretty big lead early. And uh, the Seattle offense just wasn't clicking early on, and they made some mistakes. And then Geno got hot per usual at the end of the game, like really hot. And they almost came back, but uh, they made that one key one mistake nine. again. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, I didn't really watch a whole lot, but I saw a lot of the highlights from it. And, um, yeah, it was it was a really cool atmosphere, and I'm glad that the NFL says that they're going back there. They're going to try to go back there every single year, and uh, yeah, I think we've forgiven Germany for what they've done. Um, <laughs> I know I have, so uh, <laughs> I have personally. So I, I'm ready to move on and just start. Pu- they're way better than London. Let's just say that Germany clears London. London games are kind of boring. They've just they've become redundant. Like bad teams. Usually the Jaguars play there. That's the joke, but it's actually Packers. And uh, well, they've only played there once. And I, I was just said that because they're actually, a bad they, team. That, that killed their season. <laughs> Let's just say, yeah, that. it so. did. Um, oh, God, I, Lazard. I think the the Germany game was just a really unique experience. 
even for me as a viewer, I just, I couldn't sleep, uh, Sunday morning. So I was up early watching it, <laughs> but so that was, that kind of sucked for me, but, um, it was a, I, I don't mind it now looking back at it though, cause it was a really sweet game. And, uh, I watched probably, I guess six or seven hours of just straight football before I started doing homework again. But, um, Really cool, and I agree with Luke. It was better than the London games, but uh, I don't mind the London games here. I think those are pretty unique too. It's just the fans are just get so excited for the games because they just don't they don't get it weekly, you know. So um, maybe there will be NFL teams overseas someday. Uh, I would imagine it's going to be a while for that. I still think that there's some cities in the United oh, yeah. States that deserve teams more than you know cities overseas but um yeah don't they can't have our best export so not yet at least yeah exactly but you don't get the whole thing not yet so um yeah and um you want to move on to the bills and vikings we have to talk about that one a little bit that was really crazy game for the one thing that we forgot to talk about, kind of, uh, although I think we mentioned it in the rundown, I can't remember, was the Tom the Brady, Brady play. That was really funny. Um, that was, <laughs> it was just a funny thing to watch, the way he just fell down. And that's what you kind of expect, you know? Like, he's like 45, and he just ran a, like a, a little wheel route, pretty much. And he, he just fell down on the wheel route, and Tariq Wool and the young spry... Uh, Tariq William just picks it off. And then another thing that just hit me after that play was I think Tariq Willen is 23 years old or 22 and Tom Brady's 45. A 22 year difference is just freaking insane. So <laughs> Tom Brady is twice his age. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> that is just wild, but yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Um, to uh, the game of the year, Bills Vikings. This was, yeah, I'm. I actually didn't watch a lot of the games, like the first half of the early slate of games early, and it was uh, in the second half. And my dad actually said, "Yeah, we should." Tur-. He's like, "Oh, the Bills and Vikings are on TV. We should watch that game." And I was like, "Well, I mean, the Bills are kind of winning in a blowout, but boy, am I glad that we turned that on because that was that was some great football." Um, I mean, it was wild. I literally, when we mentioned it, almost everything in the rundown, we don't have to talk about like the game a whole lot, but the, just the absolute craziness of the bills having two literally inch, the inch line, not the goal line, but the inch, the one inch line, they stopped the Kirk cousins and the Vikings twice from that location. And 41 seconds left. Vikings have no timeouts. We're all thinking like, Oh, okay. This game's, you know, all Josh Allen has to do is run one play up the middle, um, take a knee, and then the game's over. Turns out, you know, what exactly the only way for the Vikings to win that game that happened. And this isn't, I mean, I think what we should be talking about this game is what this means for the Vikings. Because I said it last week, I picked them to lose two weeks ago to the commanders of all teams. I thought that they were kind of frauds. I thought they were kind of fraudulent. They weren't, you know, they had a really easy schedule. Really easy division. Um, they weren't, you know, they weren't really playing anybody. You go into Buffalo, you beat the Bills. 
and they got the Cowboys this week, who's another good team. They're looking like they could be a serious contender for the Super Bowl, and they might be my pick right now if it started, or if if the playoffs started right now, because I'm not a huge fan of the Eagles. I I haven't been all year, but you know, I I really just there's something about them that they don't have. The Vikings, however, they look like a team that can go out and win a Super Bowl. And I'm not saying it's going to happen because a lot has to go your way for that to happen. But they made a big trade at the deadline. They got the best receiver in the game. They got a quarterback who he's, he doesn't like make plays or anything, but he does a good job at managing the game and, and doing what he needs to to win the game. And uh, yeah, they look, they're not pretenders. They are contenders for sure. And this this win kind of proved it. It was gutsy. They came back. Yeah, they had a lot of luck involved, but you kind of have to have luck involved to, uh, you know, be that team to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. So, yeah, um, couple things. You know, one thing I always go back to just in the off season. You know, I had that weird feeling about the Vikings, and it's cool to watch it come true. Um, but another thing about this game was. Uh, you know, you just talked about Kirk Cousins. Sometimes he doesn't make the big play. Um, I would argue that he actually does sometimes, uh, but it's just not very consistent. It's not, you know, the Mahomes type of consistency in terms of making big plays. And he still throws the bad interceptions here and there. But Kirk is Kirk is solid, uh, and he has been for a long yeah. time. Um, the one thing about the Vikings, I – like I said, I've had this feeling about them, but I would never pick them to win the Super Bowl because I, I, they've never won it before. They never have. I believe that they are cursed, <laughs> um, and uh, I feel really bad for my uh, my brother and sister, huge Vikings fans, um, and you know they have to go through some agonizing pain. It seems like every year, whether they make the playoffs or not, <laughs> but. Uh, there was actually my brother sent me a really funny video after the fumble by Josh That's Allen good. in the end zone that uh, when they recovered it, it's just screaming ball don't lie. Even though Kirk Cousins clearly did not get in the end zone, but it was still funny, you know, just screaming. They're both screaming in the background. So I'm I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Viking Nation, Skull Nation. I love to just say Skull Viking. Um, yeah, there. Well, there was one other thing about it's, this game. Oh, uh, weird. I just have one thing. You talked about uh, like all the pain that the Vikings fans go through. Every team in the NFC North goes through a different type of pain, but it happens every year. Like the Packers, they always lose in the playoffs. That's heartbreak. Like they always have a really good team losing the playoffs. The Lions, well, I mean, that's self-explanatory. If you're a Lions fan, that's just make it's, it's pain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pain all the time. The, same the, Bears, the Bears, it's the of. pain of never having a quarterback. Yeah, um, never having a quarterback—that's a really bad pain. Never having They're that guy to make the, the play. And the Vikings, the Lions. Yeah, it's just a little bit different. You know, their yeah. their franchise is at least a little bit better. They've won Not a Super Bowl. They've won multiple playoff games. Um, and then the Vikings—they just have that, like the weird. Like they're right on the fringe of every game, every season, and it seems like nothing ever works out for them. So it's a different type of pain for all four teams, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, it's really cool seeing Justin Jefferson. I think, I mean, he is, he seems generational. So I, I really like seeing that. Um, one thing you mentioned that, uh, that we that the media kind of had this frog label on them on the Vikings, which I, I think is true. You know, a lot of people have called them frauds. And uh, personally, I know it's fun to call teams frauds, but, and I do it in other sports, but in the NFL, I, I really don't like labeling teams as frauds, uh, teams that win. Because the NFL, I mean, even when you just look at point spreads every weekend, it's rarely more than seven or eight points, you know? That is considered a lot of yeah. points in the NFL. There is a reason why point spreads in the NFL don't usually get over seven. It's because every single week it's any given Sunday, you know? So when you go eight and one, um, and I remember this with the Steelers a few years ago, and everybody called them frauds, and ultimately, yeah, you know, they lost in the playoffs, but they ran off 11 straight wins in the NFL, which is unreal. I mean, that stuff, it just rarely happens anymore. And, you know, when they finally lose and you're like, oh, see, they were frauds, you're vindicated. But then again, it's also mm. just any any given Sunday, too. So I think you can label teams as frauds in other sports, uh, like the NBA, um, college football. You can easily do it all the time, every single year. There's tons of frauds in college football. With the NFL, when there's winning teams, I think it's much harder to call them frauds, even when you look at schedules, because like I said, any given Sunday, the Vikings proved that. I mean, they beat the freaking Bills. So, um, it was probably, <laughs> it's, you know, even when the Bills lose, there's still this thought in my mind, even though they haven't even won anything, that they're still the best team in football. I don't know about you. I still have that I think mind a lot of people. that they are. So, yeah. And here's the thing. Here's my thing with the Bills, is that they're going through a little bit of a, 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 a hump in the road right now. And that's exactly what the Rams did last year. The Rams started off hot. I think they were seven and one, and then they lost three or four in a row. And they just went through a really tough stretch, but guess what? They battled back. They got some guys at the deadline and they ultimately they bounced back and won the Super Bowl. So maybe it's for the bills. Maybe it's not necessarily getting the one seed. Maybe it's not necessarily dominating everybody, but maybe going through that battle during the season to to ultimately like toughen up your team for the postseason. And yeah. they're still going to make the playoffs. They're, they're good enough to make the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Miami's giving them heat for the division right now, for sure. And they have the tiebreaker as we speak. Um, but I think the Bills will be just fine. And I think this ultimately might be better for them in the long run. So. Yeah, a little adversity never hurt anybody as a former player myself. So um, you're right. They can definitely benefit from it. Um, and I think they did last year even. You know, um, they went on a little stretch where they kept losing close games as well. I think it was uh, like two or three games in a row, and they were on the fringe of not making it for a little bit until they got it back together. So they can learn from it. Uh, one thing, though, about the Bills um, – that creeps in a little bit is injuries on defense. Um, Jordan Poyer has been a huge loss. Um, but one thing, and then one positive about the Bills defense that you look at is they have Von Miller and Ed Oliver 
are both playing really well right now. And teams that have really good pass rushers lately win the Super Bowl. The Rams, Aaron yep. Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. Um, uh, who who won the Super Bowl in 20? The Buccaneers. 21. Yeah, Buccaneers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that, the Chiefs offensive line. Yeah, that defensive line was great. Um, Chiefs. Offense, both the Chiefs and the 49ers defensive lines that year in that Super Bowl were really good. Um, and you look at the other side of the football or the other team in that game, the Vikings. That's one thing you got to feel solid about, too, is you have an elite pass rusher right now as well. And Zadarius Smith and Danielle Hunter is playing pretty solid, too, right now. So, yeah, you Daniel, feel pretty good about Daniel that. Hunter. Yeah, Daniel, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, both teams have that elite pass rusher that could drive them through the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll see it again this game. I doubt it, but um, <laughs> I think this is a game that we'll call game of the year, but there's a good chance that neither of these teams make the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah. Because That Chiefs. is true because you never know in the NFL Yeah, and the Chiefs. Um, so I get, there's not much I want to talk about, plus we're – we we took a long time to recap those games, but respectively, they they deserved it. I think just one quick note on the uh, the Colts and Raiders that was a really weird uh, game, but it was a really fun one. I think the Colts they feel I think they're a little bit re-energized with Jeff Saturday. Uh, he put in Matt Ryan again. Um, Jonathan Taylor had his longest run of the year. He's back. He loaded all fantasy scores this week. Thank God. And um, yeah, that that's a weird. And the Raiders are just dead. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Derek Carr sucks. Yeah. Um, my extra tidbits are that that Dallas Packers game was really awesome. Um, and Mike McCarthy, yeah. I actually the game weird at the end, like usual. I actually didn't get um, the chance to watch the end of that game. I feel bad for you. I then. watched it the beginning great ending when we were. Yeah, I had to go to work though, so I watched the very beginning. And then I was kind of like, okay, CD Lamb's going off. He's on my fantasy team, so that's good. Packers are losing, which is what I was rooting for at that time. I'm like, yes, Packers are losing, right? And then I'm at work, and I check my phone, and I see the Packers win in overtime. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be joking me. Now I'm pulled back into the season, and now they just lost on Thursday Night Football. Just complete, just they, 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 they seem to let me down every week, no matter what I'm rooting for. So this is weird, but yeah. I mean, and, if we would have lost that game, we'd be we'd be sitting at three and eight right now, looking great for Bryce Young. And let me tell you, Aaron Rodgers looks really bad right now. So Bryce Young is not completely out of the picture. So if we lost that game, we are looking really good in the sweepstakes for him. But uh, unfortunately, it's not. You know, this is how the cookie crumbles. You're a very mid team, and that's that's where you get stuck. Yeah, I wouldn't say Aaron Rodgers looked horrible. Um, he actually had some really cool touchdown passes, but uh, you're right. He didn't play his best game. He was missing guys in the second half, which I think was the big thing for you um, oh, just yeah, now. That's what I saw. Um, and last week, you know, it looked like that was a prime Packers-Cowboys game. I mean, that was just a really freaking good game. Um but like we, like I said, Mike McCarthy blunder at the end of the game. And I, I'm a Mike McCarthy. I like Mike McCarthy. Um, so I actually kind of was rooting for the Cowboys in that one. 
just for Mike McCarthy. And, you know, I support uh, Luke's Bryce Young uh, scavenge. So, uh, yeah. And then another tough scene that I just saw was Derrick Henry was running around Lambeau Field and the Packers fans were all like patting him on the back. So that was kind of weird. I don't know what they're doing. But... There was Titans and Packers fans right before the last fan that hit that patted him on the back hey. before he went into the tunnel was a Packers fan. If, if I'm so. there, if I'm there and I get a chance to high five Derrick Henry, I don't care what team I'm rooting for. I'm high fiving him. So <laughs> I mean, well, I especially when my team sucks and I don't really care anymore. That's that's what I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that wraps up the important notes. Uh, the Commanders yep. game. On Monday night, where they beat the Eagles, was a fun one. Taylor Heineke oh, is a yeah. fun quarterback. And I'll talk a little bit more good. about this in the picks, but Carson Wentz is supposed to come back this week from injury. Nope. nope. And if nope, he, no, he is. He's he's going to be healthy. He's nope. going to be listed. He's not on the injury report anymore, right? He's healthy. He's back on the active roster. However, if he gets the starting position over Taylor Heineke, FedEx I think might crumble. We should arrest. Yeah, no, we we yeah. I mean, this is this is a crime oh, yeah. against humanity. It's at Houston. You put in car- Oh my god, this team though. They are actually they feel like a team with Taylor Heineke. They have an identity. With Carson Wentz, I look at that team and I'm like this team sucks. With Taylor Heineke, I'm like this team's frisky. They could be fun. They could sneak into the playoffs. Carson Wentz just gives off terrible vibes. He's like uh, you remember last week when I talked about sad coaches with Frank Reich and uh, Matt Rule? Like they give off bad vibes. That's what Carson Wentz is. He is that ba- he is that bad coach that gives off bad vibes. He does not need to be playing when you have Taylor Heineke. If Taylor Heineke was playing bad, then yeah, maybe you go back to Carson Wentz. But that's not the case. And I ultimately don't think that they will play Carson Wentz just to say that. I think Heineke will get the job, but it would be a tragedy if, if yeah. they bench Heineke. Yeah, Ron Rivera can't. He sh- he knows better than to do that. I think he knows better. Yeah, I think. Um, emotional game for him. His mom just passed away, and he just they just upset the undefeated Eagles. So, um, ripped to R- Ron Rivera's mother, and uh, great win for the Commanders. That was a really fun Monday night game. Um, it was a fun game. Yeah. So we were waiting for a nice Monday night game. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's pretty much it. So, uh, I guess you want to great. Um, yeah. That's true. Didn't even really utilize Waddle or Hill this week either. He just kind of threw to other receivers. Tua is just him. He's yeah. just him. They have one Tua guy named Sheerfield, I think. Um, or Sheffield, Trent something Sheerfield. like that. Yeah, he he's looking solid. He's looking like a decent little receiver. So let's go mm-hmm. two and on. Uh, expect us. We continue to march on. So, um, so what's next, Luke? What are we? What are we moving that? to next here? Uh, before we get to our picks, you want to do tough scene of the week here? Kind of break up Sounds the NFL good. a little bit. All right, Sounds you want good. to start us off, or you want me to start off? I've sure, I'll start. I'll start off. I have quite a few as well. I was able to uh, remember some. It's been a while since we've done tough scene of the week. Yeah, it has been. So, um, my first one is last. Back to the bread and butter. Last Sunday, um, 
it's getting cold in Missouri. If you live in Missouri, you know that. If you're not in Missouri, well, it's getting cold. Um, so I am home alone pretty much all this week, just me and the dog, me and Cooper. And um, so I've been having to fend for myself in terms of food, which has not been great. Um, and I ordered uh, Big Boy's local restaurant. Uh, and so I went out to my car and it just would not start and my car battery died last <laughs> Sunday. So, uh, I was like panicking a little bit, uh, that I wouldn't be able to get my food and that I wouldn't be able to get to school the next morning. Um, I called my dad, told him that my car battery died. Um, luckily he came to the rescue the following morning, but my mom's car was still here, so I just was able to go pick up my big boys, and I drove uh, her vehicle to school the next day. But, you know, had to get a new car battery, 230 bucks down the drain. But it was a, like a five- or six-year-old <laughs> car battery, so it was time for a new one. It was like oh, all yeah. eroded and stuff, so it was time for a new one. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a little scary. It was it was as dead as the Packers. Um, but like – you, I'm also on my own a lot this week, so I also am kind of just just fending for my food, and it's difficult. This is this is what life on on your own looks like, and I am very very worried for what it's going to be like when I'm completely on my own. Because oh yeah, there's going to be a lot of McDonald's, a lot of DoorDash, <laughs> yeah. and not a lot of cooking, and the money is going to go down the drain a lot faster than what I realized. So, um, yeah. I'm I'm just going to enjoy this right now while I have you know people that I live with that pay my rent and mm-hmm. cook and and do that and and take care of me um i'm i'm a dependent human right now so yes <laughs> i'm kind of getting a taste of what the independent life looks like and it's hasn't been i mean it's it's nice in ways but in other ways it's like it's it's hard so yeah oh uh, that's kind of a tough scene as well i guess yeah, but for both of us, it seems it's <laughs> yeah. interesting that they, those synced up together. But yeah, it was interesting. Uh, some of my other tough scenes are the New York Knicks, uh, particularly their Twitter account. <laughs> uh, a few days ago, I don't remember what day it was specifically, but they tweeted out. You know, I'll just look it up because I have I have the tweet bookmarked and saved, so I'll just I've read it. it I'm pretty sure they. I think they deleted it, but I have the screenshot of it. So yeah, it was too. a tweet, and it was right before they were getting ready to play a game with their City Connect jerseys. And the tweet said, put on for the city. And then it had a picture of two of the jerseys, right? The City Connect jerseys. Nothing wrong with that, right? It seems fine. Until you look at the numbers on the jerseys, and the first one is 9, and the other one is 11. Yeah, And you look at this. And, it, and the jerseys say New York 9-11 with, with the caption that says put on for the city. Uh, this is an incredibly tough. I, they deleted it, but. It that, took a it, while for them to delete it, though. Yeah, it was. It was bad. I literally commented the the picture of Derek Rose just when he says, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> because that's exactly what I was. I was like, wow, this is. That's terrible. It was an incredibly tough scene. I they just didn't even realize it. Like it was a does he know moment, you know? Yeah. Tough scene. <laughs> and and you know what? Just, this, um, this is a great throwback to uh a few years ago. 
the Jets uh, had a nice tweet like this as well. I'm looking for it right now. I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, but anyway, they just tweeted 9 to 11. So I think it was whoever was number nine for the Jets at the time to Robbie Anderson for a touchdown. Um, no, it was not Geno Smith. It was a white quarterback. I want to say like Bryce Petty or Mike something white. like that. Bryce Ooh. Petty? Do you remember Bryce Petty? I think Baylor quarterback, I want to say. Um, uh, so I think hey, that's hey, what I remember playing with. for the Jets. I remember playing for Baylor. Yeah, he well, he had a little stint in the NFL that didn't last very long. Um, but anyway, they tweeted they tweeted something very similar a couple of years ago. It was just it just said nine to eleven because they scored a touchdown off of it, and that was up for a few hours. So, New York sports media, they kind of at least they've moved on. I you got to be careful with that. You got to be a little careful with that. Um, but yeah, at least they have moved on. And then another tough scene which I think might be on yours too. I, I, I haven't looked yet, but Twitter as a whole, and this is before what happened tonight. Like I just put this on because about a week ago, everyone, the verification uh, officially went up. So everyone could just buy verification for $8. And it was what we had some wild trolls going to work, including like Pittsburgh Steelers, fake accounts announcing the death of Kenny Pickett. That was pretty wild. There was some like re- imitation, like reporters, that were coming out and just like saying rant, like there's a fake Woj and it was like Kyrie Irving has been released by the Brooklyn Nets. And that was pretty funny. And I don't even know anymore. Like I would see it and I'm like, Oh, that's the real Woj. He's verified. And then I'd look, I'm like, Oh, it says, uh, Woj six, seven, eight, nine, ten. you know, just, I'm like, that's not the real Woj. So I have to do a double take on some of these. And then also Twitter, just, this is after I wrote this down too. all the employees, I think have been fired. Is that what I'm saying? Or no. like, I think the headquarters locked- shut down. Yeah, they like locked out the employees. Like, your badge doesn't get you into the building right now, or something like that. So, chaos is ensuing over in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, very weird. And yeah, so I think the employees, they said they locked it down because they were afraid the employees were going to like take over and sabotage the company. So, that's, a, that's another tough scene for Twitter. But it was very. I mean, it was wild for me and you. We're Twitter kind of sores, you know. We we spend a lot of time on Twitter and 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 enjoy the app. And for you know, those few days were absolutely it was absolute madness. It was the wild west on Twitter, and there were no rules during that time span. So it was it was fun, but it was very very weird. And I think it's kind of over because Elon Musk saw the great amount of trolls that came out, and he was like, "All right, we got to do something." To- to fix this a little bit and have a little bit of control. Yeah. So that was like Twitter. (laughs) That was like Barry's world for a few days. It was kind of fun to live in. There was also, I can't remember what they said, but I remember you sent it to our chat. It was like a Tesla real Tesla account. And they said some funny stuff about Elon. So um, the second Tesla has hit the twin towers. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. And it's funnier because it's Elon Musk's company that tweeted that out. It wasn't the real Tesla, but it was someone posing. It it looked just like it. And it was like at Tesla, real verified Tesla logo, Tesla bio, you know, everything. So good stuff from Twitter there, but also bad. Um, In fact, 
one of the a bunch of people are just freaking out on Twitter. I didn't think people would freak out this bad, but if you go like on trending, it's like, oh, rip Twitter, um, Twitter war. <laughs> Let's see, rip Twitter, Twitter HQ, Twitter 2.0, um, all trending, Elon, obviously, all that stuff. So apparently, Twitter, um, so looks like people are scared that it might go down. Um, I don't think it will. I don't think they would do that. Um, I mean, this is kind of like an internal thing, like at Twitter. So, um, we'll see though. Um, my next tough scene was that this Sunday, the bills were hosting the Cleveland Browns at home. And we were looking at an expected six feet, count them, 72 inches <laughs> of snow in Buffalo. And blizzard. The, NFL, the NFL took the blizzard game of the year away from us this upcoming Sunday, and they moved that game to Detroit. So um, that kind of sucked because there were some funny tweets going around that were just like putting it in perspective. Um, Nick Chubb's height, 5'11", running back for the Browns. Devin Singletary, <laughs> 5'7", for the Bills. And it just said six feet of snow, like, on the screen. So, like, hypothetically, they would just be under the snow, which is a funny visual, but um, obviously they would have the field somewhat cleared off. But uh, still funny. Um, but I'm also really upset that they're taking this away from us. Kurt Warner, super happy that they're taking this game away from us and moving it to a dome. But personally, I'd rather see them trudge around in multiple feet of snow. Kind of like uh, one of my my favorite childhood games was Eagles and Lions. Uh, Yeah, Eagles-Lions. It was uh, Sean McCoy running over the Detroit Lions defense and Calvin Johnson just having a full head of snow in his face mask. Just a beautiful sight to see. And um and just the other night there was a Maction game uh just last night actually. Yeah. Two Maction games, I think. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. I think there was three actually, but Central Michigan, Western Michigan battle for the something cannon, which is just a cannon that they go take back and forth between the schools if you win. Just blizzarding outside. And I was like, this is going to be awesome on NFL Sunday with the Bills. And they took it from us. So we don't get that's, that's a tough yeah, scene. That was, so I, uh, <sighs> I was factoring that into my picks. I was going to have the Browns upsetting the Bills in that game, but now I have to reevaluate. So it was, yeah, I mean, the ball. I get it because it's six feet of snow. I mean, if yeah. even half of that comes in, you're going to have guys with snow up to their waists. And granted, yeah. they, they would plow the, the field, field before the game. And the yeah. field, they can turn on the heat. So it would probably only be like a few inches of snow on the actual turf, which is crazy to think about because um, there would be about a few feet of snow everywhere else and only a few inches on the field, which is crazy. But um, I think the bigger reason why they canceled is traffic in and out of the stadium. So, like, the Browns probably wouldn't – they would have to get there super early in the week, and they probably wouldn't be able to leave for a while. Um, And fans to and from the stadium would probably not be able to go. 
Um, they would try. Bills fans would definitely try. Um, and they're used to driving in snow, but six feet is crazy even for up north. So I think that's kind of why they yeah, moved it is so that fans can actually attend. But there will probably be even less fans, you know, because it will be in Detroit. Although this is Detroit's oh, yeah. chance to see a winning football team. So maybe they'll show out <laughs> True. for for this game. Um, we'll see. But, yeah. So it is also kind of adds like a funny, unique element that uh, this is just a weird game. It's a neither, it's not a home Why game Detroit, for either dude? of them. Uh, it's close to Buffalo. Why was that the location? It's really close to Buffalo. Oh, okay. I guess and you're right. For Cleveland, now that actually, we don't really think about that, but yeah, it's close for Cleveland. That's too. true; they do play each other. So, so the Bills are going to be playing in Detroit for two straight weeks. That's kind of a fun stat. Yeah, they'll probably just stay there. Bills Mafia just have a week in Detroit. <laughs> Bills yeah. Mafia visits Detroit. It's like a movie. Yeah. Um. All right, what's your – do you have another tough uh, scene? Yeah, I have two more. Uh, I'll just make them quick. I forgot my check account password, which is like a, a college mm. website that helps you with homework, checking answers, finding quickly, answers. Right? Yeah, well, on kind of like on steroids a little bit. but um, So, yeah, that's not good. And their customer service is like the worst in the world, so I have no idea what's going to happen there. And then – my other one was crypto goes down hard. So Sam Bankman freed the, I think he's the CEO of FTX, or maybe he's like, he owns it completely. He lost $32 billion of FTX's money. So, uh, and they don't really know where it's at really. So um, crypto took a huge slam. I mean, there's tons of pro athletes involved with crypto, like Tom Brady. Um, I think like Von yeah. Miller, shit like that. So, um, Tough scene for him. Yeah, tough. he took like his whole. I can't remember if it was his signing. He took his bonus. entire salary in it. Yeah, yeah, so his signing bonus, not salary. Just really Which tough. Is millions of dollars. But also, I don't feel. I feel bad for like regular workers who work with FTX because oh, that's yeah. their job. But I really don't feel all that bad for people who invested in crypto. Like that. That's that's yeah, a scam. On. It doesn't even, it doesn't, well, what is I mean, crypto? if you did, nobody understands it. Here's the thing. So if you invested in crypto like five years ago, then I'm going to, you're, you're a genius then because you did it before everyone else found out you did your own research and you said, Hey, this is a way for me to make money, right? If you did it five years ago, I respect you. You're kind of a genius at that point. But if you have done it within the last two years, you're just, it's your own fault if you lost this money because Everyone started talking about it, and you're like, oh, I'm going to join, you know, without doing any research, without doing – it's your own fault. So I just want to put that out there because I think that there actually are some people out there that found out about it a while ago and have just been profiting off it for years now. And uh, the last few years, they really haven't touched it because everyone else has been finding out about it. So, Uh, But yeah, I mean – and obviously another tough scene for Tom Brady, you know, he – he got divorced, and then now he loses like six hundred million dollars. It was, I think. Yeah, but two and zero since he's been divorced. So I know. I think he's back. So, but still, I mean, you lose that much money, man. It's hard to come back from. That's well, a lot of money. Have to, 
he'll just keep playing. So true. We'll see. He has the ability. TB12. He does. All right. And then I also have I have two more tough scenes. Uh, this next one I'll go pretty quick, but uh, a tough scene is the Republican Party. Uh, earlier this week, Donald Trump announced his campaign for the 2024 presidency. And this is, if you're like really into the Republican Party, this is bad for them because it's going to divide the votes, obviously, uh, among the people. Because Donald Trump might run as an independent. He might not run uh, for the Republican Party. So we could see uh, like a scenario where we could see the Democratic Party nominee, the Republican Party nominee, and then you have Donald Trump. So it could be a really weird situation, uh, but he has a huge following. And I'm excited for the campaign trail because I know that we're going to get a great deal of memes from it. So uh, I obviously think if he wins, it would be terrible for the country, but I'm excited for the campaign trail. So that's what I'll say with that. But tough scene for the Republican Party and really Republicans as a whole. And then my last tough scene is uh, is LeBron. And it's not because he plays for a team who sucks and is like 3-12 and 12 right now. It's not because he's hurt. It's because he finally, after all these years, has been caught intentionally lying. For no reason at all. Like, uh, I th- it finally came out. It was uh, Takeoff, which is a member of the Migos, which is a very popular uh, rap group. He was shot dead a few weeks ago. And a few days later, they asked LeBron his opinion, like whatever his thoughts on Takeoff. And, and the Migos is always like, oh, yeah, I've been listening to the Migos ever since uh, – Ever since 2010, my first year in Miami, he's like, I would play it around in the locker room. I'd play it in the weight room, and the guys would be like, who is this? Turn this off. And I'd be like, no, they're next up, man. Well, guess what? In the time that he claimed to be playing them, they hadn't even released any music yet. So uh, LeBron could have easily just said, like, hey, you know, I, I met Takeoff a few times. I, I listen to the Migos a lot. They're an incredible group. You know, I, my condolences are out or something. Just something simple and basic. But he had to make up a whole lie to make him to make himself seem like he knew what he was talking about. And then obviously after that, people started catching on. Found old clips of him. Like there's this one when Kobe uh, dropped 81 points, and he's there's a clip of him going, "Oh yeah, you know, I actually told my friends that he was going to drop 70." <laughs> he didn't say that. Or uh, another one like where he's like, oh, yeah, I watched the Liverpool games. I actually saw that guy score his goal. I, I knew that. Or uh, when somebody like says some random quote that no one's ever heard of. Oh, yeah, that's my favorite saying. That's my favorite saying. I love that saying. Um, and then, of course, the reading. You know, when people ask him about reading books and he's like, oh, yeah, this, this book was amazing. He doesn't read. So it's just a tough scene for LeBron because he lies for absolutely no reason. And it, it's so funny to watch these videos because – there is no reason – like if he just tells the truth and is like, yeah, you know, I really don't know. I haven't read this book yet. I haven't gotten started. Kobe dropping 70 was really cool. You know, that's – but he, he has to make up a story about it for absolutely no reason. And it's just – it's it's funny. But tough scene for him. Yeah, I could see him eh, – maybe not. I was going to say maybe like well after his career is over and they do like a – LeBron documentary like they did on Jordan, he might just come out and say, yeah, I was bullshitting half the time. Uh, that would be funny 20 <laughs> years from now. And then people will, people will glove him again. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that was, that was a tough scene. Um, 
Week 11 picks. Week 11 picks. Hold on. Before, so into our week 11 picks. Don't you dare. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we start off with With uh, (laughs) now. I had to. I just. As Tennessee. Oh, yeah, that's true. We did say. And I hate this team. I hate this team, man. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I guess we start off with the loss because yeah, we're it's not. my week to pick, yeah. and I pick Green Bay. So I'm I'm just picking against – or I'm, I'm going to pick Green Bay the rest of the year so we lose out. Um, that's a loss. Chicago at Atlanta is going to seem a weird one. But last week – actually, before we get into the picks this week, let's just, uh, let's just make – Make it clear that we went six and eight last week. This is our first week, first losing week since week three, which was actually the second week that we picked because we didn't do picks week one. Uh, so that was week 10. So it's been a few months since we've had a losing week. It was a really weird week in the NFL, and we picked almost every single game was the home team, um, except for Dallas, and, and they ended up losing. So Maybe so this week enough. we sprinkle in a few away teams, and we usually me. do. But it was funny, like after I I saw the graphic later on, I'm like, maybe we like should have sprinkled in a road team here and there, but we just went like uh, mm-hmm. straight home, 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 all the time. So uh, it did backfire. But whenever, yeah, whenever we have a cold game, like we just pick the home team. So, yeah, like wrong I remember last week specifically, we were talking about the Rams Cardinals game, and we we're like, "This is just the shitter bowl. We have no idea. We're taking the home team, and that just backfired." So, um, we're gonna try and think about it a little bit more this week. But also, last well, week was just a fair, weird week. It was a weird week. To be fair, if I if we would have known that Colt McCoy was gonna start, we would have picked the Cardinals. So. But that's not how it works. We did pick the Rams, and there wasn't like a clause in there that said if Colt McCoy plays because we didn't know. So, yep, like we had a clause. We had our clause last week in place for um, Tennessee at Denver or Denver at Tennessee. Tannehill started, so we went with the Titans, and they won. So, you know, we'll yep. throw in those clauses. We've done that with so, Tua before. So, exactly, that's true. Done it with Keenan Allen, I think, before. Oh yeah, Rangers. Keenan um, Allen. Yeah. All right, so we have fourteen games once again this week: the Jaguars, the Dolphins, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are all on a bye this week. So at least fourteen games. Obviously, Green Bay—that's a loss. So we're not starting off good. Chicago at Atlanta. This is a weird one, it's and I know I said one. that we were going to start to. I, I said that we were going to sprinkle in some away teams. And Atlanta seems like the smart pick, right? They're at home. I think they're kind of struggling a little bit. And Chicago has actually looked competent, like, for the last few weeks. Justin Fields has looked amazing. He's ran for, like, 130 yards the last two weeks. He's had a 60-yard touchdown, rushing touchdown in each of those games. And they've been competing in them as well. And I think this is the game where they finally just break the seal and beat Atlanta. you have any exceptions? No, although I just my one thing about Chicago is that they're just not like a winning team, if that makes sense. You know, well, yeah, they just true. they just like uh, they can't eke out wins. 
Like even last week, they should have won. Um, the week before that against the Dolphins, they should have won. The reason why they didn't was because they gave mm-hmm. up a blocked punt for a touchdown. Um, so they should have won that game. You know, they're just well. The offense is humming. The defense is really bad. So, um, but also like you said, Atlanta just lost to the Panthers. They're not very good. So, I mean, we thought they were a little bit better than what they were. So, I have no objection to Chicago. Yeah. I just know that they're not really a winning team either. So, okay. Well, you might want to save your, uh, your picks for, or your vetoes for later because I'm, I'm going to have a really weird week. And also, uh, we have breaking news. I just see it. The St. Louis Cardinals re-signed Chris Stratton to a one-year deal. So take that or leave it. Doesn't really matter in the big picture, but another another thing to the bullpen. So let's get back to the picks here. Cleveland at Buffalo. Now I, I alluded to this earlier when I said if it was a snow game, it's gonna favor the run. And we saw that last year when the weather gets in the way. The Bills don't necessarily succeed, you know, with the Patriots game, for example. And so I was going to pick the Browns to win this one. Nick Chubb in the snow, I felt like, is just a perfect running back. Now that it's in Detroit in a dome, uh, well, not a dome, but they have a roof, I, I, I have to go Buffalo. I mean, Cleveland just doesn't look good. And I hate doing that because it's the third week in a row that we've we've picked them, and it could be the third week in a row that we're wrong. Yeah, I hope um, you're right though, because um, after this, they uh, they go on the bye, and the weirdo comes back. So against his former <laughs> exactly. team, so and hopefully they'll have enough losses by then that they just have no room for air, and they won't be able to get back in the playoffs. So that'll be nice. So go Bills. Okay, and then Philadelphia at Indianapolis. This might be where you want to use a veto, or maybe you agree with me with the sneaky upset. I'm picking the Colts, and I'll tell you why if you don't if you don't agree with me here. The Eagles, this is their little slump of the season. Every good team goes through like a little slump in the season. They started off last week, and I the, the Commanders had a perfect game plan. Like that was a coaching win for them. Obviously, their team played well, but their coaches put together a perfect game plan, a perfect blueprint, and I think the Colts could emulate it. They have the means to do it with Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor. They could just run the clock out and just eat up the clock, prevent Jalen Hurts and the Eagles from being on the field a lot. They have a solid defense that can maybe contain them a little bit, and I think the Colts just have a little bit of something right now with Jeff Saturday coming in. They're just playing with a little bit of extra fire. We see teams do this all the time. As soon as their their coach gets fired and the interim steps in, like the first three weeks after that happens, they always play a little bit better. And this is the first home game that Jeff Saturday is going to be coaching. It's already a sellout. You know, the stadium's sold out. It's going to be bumping in there. And I think I think the Colts take this upset. I will not be vetoing because I agree. I think that Jeff Saturday, he's a noob, and he's going to be like, okay, let's look at what the last team did. Okay, they ran the ball. We have an excellent running back. 
Um, and the big reason why the Eagles are having trouble stopping the run is no big Jordan Davis. So, um, exactly. I, you. I think he'll probably rush for over a hundred yards again. Um, and it's probably going to be a, a game managing type of game. Uh, here is the only reason where I could see an Eagles win is even in last week's loss, they're a better team. They, they were way better, and the only reason they lost was because there was a pass that was intercepted um, that was honestly a perfect pass by Jalen Hurts, but it still got intercepted. It was like a it was like a 50-50 ball, but it was perfect placement, and the D-back just kind of took it away from the wide receiver at the last second. And then we also have the Quez Watkins fumble. Jalen Hurts hits some deep, huge play. Quez Watkins fumbles. And then the Commanders, you know, take control again. And the Commanders just had – they forced a couple other just like weird turnovers and plays. And um, also an anomaly type of game with Joey Sly just drilling 55 yeah. bombs. You know, so – so my one thing is that, like, even in the loss last week, the Eagles' offense actually looked better than usual uh, in terms of, like, second-half play. So uh, but that's what I'm saying is that they're not a bad team. They were just out-coached maybe. And I think maybe if the Colts, they look at that blueprint and they just follow it, they have a perfect – they have the tools to do it. They have a perfect path to victory, and that's why I'm picking them. Yeah, and then also the Eagles kind of got screwed with that uh, face mask fumble. Forgot to talk about oh, yeah. that during the uh, our discussion. Um, so, like I said, they they had some really funky plays that happened to them, and uh, they probably should. I wouldn't even say that. I mean, they had a really good game plan. The foot or the Commanders, um, but we're looking at three turnovers here that we just rattled off that. You know, very easily could <laughs> not have happened. And Jalen Hurts still exactly. played really freaking good. So, yeah, but I won't challenge it. I actually like it. I think it's a fun pick. So, and I like fun picks. I do too. All right. And then this next one, I really have no clue. Uh, the Jets at the Patriots. Uh, you know what? I do have a clue. And it's because it's at New England. And, yeah, <laughs> you're already typing it out. It's at New England and Bill Belichick. <laughs> Belichick just he just owns the Jets. So I, I'm not gonna overthink this one. I, it's the Patriots. Now we have the Rams and the Saints. This might be the most interesting game on the schedule. And when I'm talking about it, it's not interesting to watch. It's actually probably the least interesting to watch out of all the games. But um interesting in the way that they're kind of in the exact same spot. Like they both had playoff aspirations going into this year. Neither one has a first round pick. And they are both super disappointing and just really bad teams. Um, so they're kind of the same team, if you really think about it. And uh, they both have their generational wide receiver out for the foreseeable future. Um, both of them. Another thing that they have in common and I'm I'm just going to go with the uh, the Saints, and for that tiebreaker factor is that it's in the dome in New Orleans. It's, it's the home team, and I think, and I think the the Rams are just completely dead too. Like they they're they're dead. 
They were dead before yeah. they lost Cooper Cup, and now that he's out, they they have no chance. And New Orleans still has some gutsy wins here and there, even though for some reason Andy Dalton plays. It just doesn't make sense to me. But they have some gutsy wins. I could see them winning this one. Um, now Detroit at New York and the Giants. You know, Detroit has had a good few weeks here. They're due for regression. It's at the Giants. Oh, and another thing, Saquon is going to eat up the Detroit defense. So this is the this is the Giants. This is the G-Men. They're a better team. I'm not going to overthink this one. Carolina at Baltimore, this is an easy one as well. I'm not going to overthink it. This is Baltimore. Although I do think this will be a close game. Like the the spread is minus 13 for Baltimore. I think Carolina will cover that. I think it'll be close, but all Baltimore is a better team. They'll win the game. Washington at Houston. Wow, 13. And I'm going to put it, this is a clause game. This is a clause game. If Taylor Heineke plays, it's the Commanders. If it's Carson Wentz, it's the Texans. And I don't want to do that. I do not want to pick the Texans because they suck. But so does Carson Wentz. So, yeah, I agree with that pick. And I'll say this. If the commanders start Carson Wentz, even after that big emotional win last week, Ron Rivera is going to lose some souls in the locker room. So, um, yeah, the teammates love Taylor Heineke. You saw that on the plane ride back. He cannot do that. They got momentum going right now. Um, you know, they've won four out of their last five, and it's in large part due to Taylor Heineke. You can't do that. So I'm gonna pick the commanders just because I think they keep rolling. But if if uh if Wentz plays then we'll go Texans. Las Vegas at Denver. Now this is a game that I, I hate. This just makes me sick. It makes me want to throw up this game. It's at Denver. Oh man. I, but Denver sucks. I don't. I, but on the other side, you have Josh McDaniels. Cam, I'm deferring this one to you. What do you pick? Okay, I if you were if you were actually going to take the Raiders, I was going to veto it. I'm taking the Broncos. But since you're just deferring it, right. I'm just straight up taking the Broncos. But did you see how bad they played last week? Russell Wilson They're sucks. Bad. They're bad. Their receivers suck. Raiders are worse. They are. I mean, they're. You know what? I will say this though. At least the Broncos have an elite defense. They have a really, really good defense. That, that could, is a, they have a Super Bowl defense, literally. Yeah, they could shut down Derek Carr and the Raiders, and they probably will. I mean, the Raiders will probably score seventeen or less points. And you know, if Russell Wilson can put up seventeen points, that's all it's going to take. So, yeah, I, you know, I'll agree with that. Denver, I like that pick. And here's a fun one, too. Dallas at Minnesota. This is the game of the week. And Minnesota is actually an underdog at home. The 8-1 and one Minnesota Vikings coming off a road win against the Bills are underdogs at home. You heard that right. How weird is that? That makes you think, right? Vegas knows something that we don't. Because we look at that and we're like, what is going on? I look at it. I'm going to pick the obvious. I'm not going to overthink this one because there's been a few times this year where we think that, that Vegas knows something that we don't. It's, it's a trap game, right? Oh, Minnesota plus one. Just hold up. That's exactly what I'm going to do because I think Vegas might have called on to people 
people are starting to catch on with the trap games. And whenever that happens, the trend usually dies. So um, I'm going Minnesota. I'm taking the easy pick here. You have That's any – uh, That would be my probably my toss-up of the – No, I'm just saying that would probably be my toss-up of the week if I was – if this was mine. Just because um, – I, I really I really don't have like a passionate answer for either of those. You know, and you know me, I've I've believed in Minnesota, but I mean Dallas is damn good no matter what happened last week. So um and uh I just for some reason like as soon as you started talking about Minnesota and the weird spread, for some reason the only thing that came into my mind was Micah Parsons just like throwing uh Kirk oh, Cousins yeah. like a rag doll for some reason. I don't know why, but that's it, what came Trayvon into my mind. Diggs oh. locking down. Like he's now Kirk Cousins yeah, I mean, trying to go to Justin Jefferson and just getting picked off by Trayvon Diggs. That's one might. thing that I worry about in this game is that Dallas matches up incredibly well with the Vikings. Like you look well, at some of their matchups and you're like, yeah, they match up really well. Justin Jefferson might also cook Diggs. So he could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could we be, all yeah. know that Diggs is hit or miss, and he's a. I like Diggs for being that way. He kind of reminds me of um, yeah. Marcus Peters from back in the day when he was like, he was like Marcus Peters was either a giving up a huge play or a huge interception back in like his uh, sophomore season, pretty much with the Chiefs. So, um, in rookie season for that matter, but yeah. Yeah. And then just one other thing before we move on here. I know we've spent a lot of time on this game, but the ultimate final factor in this is we talk about this all the time on this show, alligator blood. Minnesota Mm -hmm. has it. You can't pick against the alligator blood. So that's one final thing. And then uh, now we move on. You already uh, penciled in this one. This is a weird one because (laughs) I I have not made this decision yet, and I'm going against what you you already penciled in. Forgot that you can see. Yeah, me type. I thought you document. were hearing me type, but apparently you can see me. Okay, yeah. nope. No, I can see it. I'm on the page. <laughs> Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. My pick is Pittsburgh, right? Cincinnati. They tend to struggle when the other team has a really good defensive line. T.J. Watt is back. Cam Hayward's still doing his thing. When T.J. Watt is back, that elevates that defensive line of the Steelers. And uh, the Bengals are still without Jamar Chase. And the Steelers also kind of own the Bengals. I think this is the last fall, the last fall for the Bengals, and then they get rolling. They probably finish eleven and six. Um, if they lose this game, they'd be five and five. So I think they probably go six and one the rest of the year. That's my pick. They kind of catch a hot streak, but uh, this could be a tough game for them. You have any? You want to veto that since you put down Cincinnati? No, I don't. I I think uh, T.J. Watt when he plays, bad things happen to Cincinnati. And I love that. Yeah. All right. And then run through these two real quick. Uh, The Chargers for their second consecutive week on Sunday night football. Playing Kansas City. And it looks like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are going to play. Whoa. Uh, Mike Williams, I'm pretty certain, is going to play. Keenan Allen, I I cannot trust a report whether Keenan Allen is going to play just because... He's hit or miss the entire – like every single game for the past three years, Keenan Allen has been hit or miss. Um, But it's still – it's the Chargers, and I can't trust them seriously in any game, especially when the 
when your opponent's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. You, you know, you're looking at those guys on the other side, and it's uh, – I'm going to take the safe one here and pick the Chiefs. I I was going to – if you were going to take the Chargers, I was going to veto with the Chiefs just because – right. Even though the Chargers are at home on Sunday Night Football, it is Mahomes, baby. So, yeah. um, Mahomes also, Sunday Night Football, love it. Um, also – Flashback to the first Thursday night football of the year, I want to say. Yep. Beautiful. Close game. Beautiful oh, color matchup and a great game. The Justin Herbert has that dog in him as he took another loss that game, but just a beautiful jersey matchup. And we get to see that again. So um, I love that. And uh, yeah, I, I like that pick. It will be fun. It will be fun for sure. Um, and it's going to be a close game too. I will say that 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 game has close game vibes on it. And then finally, to cap it off, cap off the week, we have San Francisco playing Arizona in Mexico, Mexico City, on Monday Night Football. Ugh, I mean, wow, because Arizona had a big win last week, but San Francisco is obviously the better team, and it's neutral site. Cam, I'll defer this to you again. I think, ah, man, I think I want to just take the fighting Jimmy G's, but there's a part of me that's also like, um, Cliff Kingsbury's like, guys, I'm fighting for my job. Please fight for me. And I don't know. So I really don't know either. My gut says San Francisco. Who I took last week as well, so and they they paid off last week. So you fine with San Francisco? Yeah, I'll take them. All I right. think they're the better team, so it's it it's never a bad pick. All right, so that wraps up. I'll I'll read off who we have real quick. We have uh, Green Bay, which that one's already lost. Chicago, Buffalo, Indianapolis, uh, the Patriots, Saints, Giants, Ravens, uh, the Commanders. If Heineke plays. Broncos, Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, and the Fighting Jimmy G's. And then, I guess that'll wrap. That'll send us to the end of the show here. We have a little bit of talk. Cam, uh, me and Cam decided to have a new segment. It was Cam's idea. So he's kind of give going to give you an example. He's going to explain it here and then give you an example of what it'll look like. We'll probably do it next week on the show. I um, mean, we could. It could involve maybe... Uh, the listeners getting involved. So on our Twitter, you could help us decide maybe and give us some, yep. some stuff, but go ahead, Kim, yep. take us away. Um, and before we get to our new segment, uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to, if you're still listening to some of the local sports, uh, athletes and teams in the area, uh, quick rundown here, quarterback, Liam Hughes, awesome career at union high school. I hope he continues his uh, football career and finds a place to play in college. He's taken, he's taken multiple visits, talked to multiple teams. So I hope he gets to do that. Um, Borgia soccer team playing in the final four tomorrow, uh, I think at 10 AM. So congrats to the Borgia soccer team. Um, shout out to all uh, my fellow former teammates graduating Washington high school seniors this year for Washington high school football. They lost a couple of weekends ago. But some awesome guys. Love those guys. Um, uh, maybe even bigger uh, guest, Trevor Burr. 
Yeah, including Trevor Burr, including uh, Mark Hensley as well. Awesome guy, Ian Junkin, who uh, – did Ian just commit to play baseball somewhere? I think he did. Um, yeah, he did. He's he's an avid listener of the show. So Yeah, he shout out to Ian. Baseball for college, so, so that's cool. Um, yeah. shout out to the Washington high school softball girls on taking third place in state a few weeks ago. I know you, they wanted first, uh, and trying to repeat, um, but they ran into a really, really good Helias team who, uh, I think went on to win anyway. So, and then also shout out to Taylor Brown on taking a, her, I think her first official visit to Chapel Hill this week. So she kind of got to live out my dream the past couple of days. And uh, she had some really cool pictures with her in uh, Carolina gear. So go Heels. Um, and good luck to the boys and girls in their upcoming basketball seasons and wrestling. Um, and I plan on being at the first turkey tournament games after work next weekend on Wednesday before the big turkey day. So go Jays, Union, and Washington getting together. So, yeah, so that wraps up some local high school sports. And then what? our new segment. New segment, Show Me Show Fantasy Corner. And so the Show Me Show Fantasy Corner, um, we're going to, it's it's like an open, it's kind of like FAQs, but it is, uh, it kind of varies. So it can be actual fantasy football questions. We'll try our best to answer those. Can be non-football related questions, uh, including stardom and sit-ums. Um, we'll also leave open FAQs for people that maybe don't understand the segment yet. And uh, to go along with that, me and Luke are going to try and have a stardom sit sleeper every week. So from here on out, we should have like an actual true segment if we uh, don't do like our in, our in and out, tough scene, or say hello, kiss it goodbye. We're going to try and do this one uh, going forward, at least until the football season's over. And so... Kind of how this works is, um, so like my stardom for this week, this is our example, is my stardom was Puff Jackets and Eddie Bowers. So it's uh, cold outside finally, and it's time to break out the Puff Jackets, so I'm starting Puff Jackets. My sit is the Pac-12. Uh, they're eating each other alive, cannibalism, and I hope USC loses again for UNC. Jeffrey Dahmer scene for sure, especially out West. And then my sleeper is Drake May to win the Heisman. So um, obviously you can see stardom, sit sleeper. Uh, it varies. Um, so this is, this is like a very open-ended question FAQ type of situation. Um, we hope we get some funny questions to answer. Um it does not have to be about football. It does not have to be about sports. Can be other stardom situms. Can be other fantasy questions. So that's completely open. We're going to be doing that. Um, questions or not, well, me and Luke will both try and have our stardom situm sleepers every week. And yeah, so that will be our new. And I will say one thing that it, it will make it better if if the listeners get involved. So yes, uh, we'll probably, I'll probably clip this, this clip right here and I'll put it on Twitter, put it on TikTok. So we encourage everyone to get involved. We'll, it'll probably, the primary source will be Twitter. We'll have it but, tweeted out like a graphic. We at will some point throughout the, the week. We'll put the graphic on Instagram as well. So yeah. we'll just post the graphic. 
um, on Instagram and you can comment your questions on Instagram as well. So that works too. Yeah. So if and you, if, if you this, want, you can comment on YouTube too, but the graphics will true. be on yeah, yeah. Instagram on and YouTube as well. Yeah. If you're listening so. to this right now on YouTube, just go ahead and comment if you, if you want. And then also uh, we used to do this like every, at the end of every show, but just a quick reminder, if you don't follow us on Twitter, go ahead and follow us at show me show pod. Um, we have about 46 followers. So, I mean, go ahead and, yep. and follow us if you don't already. And that's where we will be posting all that. So encourage everyone to get involved with that. And it yep. can just be incredibly stupid things too. Like if you just, yeah. if you just want to be just a dumbass on there and just ask a stupid question, go ahead because yep. you know, that's, that's kind of what we are too. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. And if you better. remember our early day FAQs, that's what they kind of were. Oh, it, like very, We had some good sports questions about like, I think like NIL and stuff. And then we also had some like good questions about like who would win between, I think it was Putin and who was it? Was it? No, it was, uh, the question was like, how do we resolve the Ukraine Russian conflict? And we actually came up with some really good answers. Yeah. Yeah. We had uh, Putin and Zelensky in a, uh, UFC type octagon room and fully enclosed, but fully unclothed. I remember that they were completely naked in the fight. <laughs> yeah. So fight, yeah, to the death, fight to the whoever death. Whoever wins um, claims that part of their, like Ukraine would get their land back or Putin would get to keep that part of Ukraine and that would just solve it. So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, make sure to, we're going to be trying to encourage that. We, we want to do some more fun stuff like that. We think that stuff's fun. So yeah, definitely. Um, and I know that the people of the, you know, the, the great listeners don't really want to listen to us just talk about sports every week because that can get kind of boring and redundant for a listener. I have fun doing it, but I, I understand that there's a lot of podcasts out there that do that. So we, we want to differ in some ways and getting the people involved is always a great one. Uh, and then before we do our simulator, which I don't even know if we're going to do our simulator this week, but yeah, just a quick Missouri sports update. So this is, uh, yeah. This is, a, um, it's, you know, the show me show it's Missouri sports. So we talked about it at the beginning, but Paul Goldschmidt wins the MVP. So that's very cool. Obviously for, for the Cardinals and Missouri as a whole, uh, the blues are back. They've won five in a row. So I, yep. if we would have done tough scene last week, they would have been on here, but I don't remember last week they won live while we were like recording is when they finally broke their a game losing streak. And since then they haven't lost. They've won five in a row. So yep. Climbing their way back up in the standings. Eight and eight. Um, the and then fight to 500. Eight. How about that? All the way back. So. Uh, and then both Mizzou and SLU start off the college basketball season undefeated. And the Billikens, they just beat a really good Memphis team at home, and they're staring a ranking right in the face. Uh, this next week, make sure to check on Monday around noon to see if they're ranked because there's a very good chance they could be in that 23 to 25 range. Um, yep. They had a really big win this week and they're undefeated and really good. So, Yep. And Mizzou, um, they're beating up on some lowly teams for sure, but um, this is so you got a different do. team. So um, they put out a graphic during the game against SEMO. Uh, and it just showed the difference between Konzo's 
uh, last three game or first three games of the season, and Dennis Gates' first three games of the season. The scoring differences was like a twenty plus point difference. The assist difference was like a nine assist per game difference. The like steals was like a three steal difference, something like that. And I really like Dennis Gates. Um, let Dennis cook the Gates of Gates. Um, and I said it a while ago, he's just a basketball nerd. And I kind of found this out. Like if you follow Dennis Gates on Twitter, um, when he became Mizzou's coach, he's clearly a culture guy. Um, and he's, it seems like he's trying to, he takes, he took a page out of the Drinkwitz playbook whenever he got a new coach, uh, on the staff or a new player signing, he would just post a picture of himself with his fist pumping. And that's when you knew it was kind of like his bat signal for when a new recruit came in. And so I liked that, but he also just like posts like random videos of drills that they do in basketball practice. And he just like goes super into depth about them. Like, okay, this guy is a hoop nerd. And this is going to be a good thing <laughs> for Mizzou because we finally, not only do we have a guy who cares about the culture and stuff like that, but we have a guy that knows a little bit about X's and O's. And um, he is oh, the yeah. guy that's playing really hard right now. And like I said, just a basketball nerd. He loves basketball. So, um, and he's yeah. really and that's um, where appreciating the Mizzou support so far. And that's where I think maybe it differs from Conzo Martin because, you know, Conzo was a really yeah. great guy. Trust me. Wonderful human being. And he's a great teacher and great just person to be around and person to learn from. But where I thought he was lacking a little bit was maybe in the culture slightly and on the basketball court. Like maybe he wasn't doing everything possible to win the games. Whereas Dennis Gates, on the other hand, I feel like he's just like, I don't care what happens. I'm just going to play my best lineup every time. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna put this team in the best chance to win, and uh, and he's doing really good recruiting. And you know, he like you said, he is a basketball nerd. So I'm excited to see what the future yeah. of his career at Mizzou is. Yeah, and so you kind of mentioned recruiting, and uh, Dennis's first big get was Aiden Shaw, clearly. Um, but yeah. he, we obviously we lost Trayvon Brazil last year. Um, he transferred to Arkansas and he threw down a mount monstrous dunk the other night. Um, but and that was a big loss. It was, and I can understand wanting to transfer when your coach leaves. Um, but uh, and Conzo at the end just wasn't getting the recruits we need to win in the SEC. And to be honest, I think that's where actually Gates might struggle a little bit is um, recruiting. But he also has big mm -hmm. Chicago connections. And um, that is huge, yes. you know, getting guys from Simeon, inner city Chicago schools, suburb Chicago schools. You got to be able to do it. And that would be great for the SEC and especially for Mizzou basketball. If we can pick off a few of those guys that typically typically go to like Michigan and Indiana and uh, Big Ten. schools Big like Ten that, schools. Big Ten schools for sure. It is Big Ten territory over there. So it'd be nice if we can pick off a couple of those guys. Obviously, this team is basically just transfer built um, guys from his former team, Morgan State, and guys that he just like coached against. And, uh, Cleveland State. Yeah, Cleveland Not State. Morgan sorry. State. Um, 
Yeah, you're right about that. And then uh, a bunch of guys that just transferred in Colonial. from like mid majors and stuff like that. Um, nothing great, but he got Aiden Shaw to to stay committed, and we still have Kobe Brown. So, and we got uh, Isaiah Mosley, who uh, has not really played much, and I think him and Missouri State Dennis, him and Dennis aren't really getting along right now, but. Uh, I think it'll I think it'll smooth out, and if not, then it's whatever because they're playing all right so far. So yeah, Mizzou basketball talk. Yeah. Uh, they've got big games coming up um, sooner rather than later. So we'll see. But I like Dennis a lot right now. True, I do too. And uh, before we wrap up the show, we do have some. The XFL draft was this week. So obviously the St. Louis Battlehawks were in it, and part of the draft, uh, we our QB is AJ McCarron. So former Alabama quarterback, he was actually the quarterback uh, when the kick six happened. Uh, obviously, if you're a college football fan, you know what that is. He was the quarterback of Alabama during that. He uh, backed up Andy Dalton for a long time, and he actually started a few games for the Cincinnati Bengals in the NFL. Um, now he's going to be playing in St. Louis. So. Kind of a fun, you know, recognizable name. And uh, obviously the rest of the draft happened. There wasn't a lot that uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks got that I recognized. The only one that I really mm-hmm. recognized was Brian Hill, a uh, former Falcons backup running back. That was the only name I recognized. And then one of the other teams, I think it was Seattle, uh, they drafted Martavis Bryant. So that's yeah, kind of a fun name if you that. remember the NFL from like five, six years ago. Uh, Steelers yeah. player. He was really good, and then he just kind of fell off. So now he's in the XFL. Yeah. So that that's kind of a sleeper for XFL MVP, in my opinion. Yep, I know him very well. So, um, in fact, <laughs> he was honestly uh, he was honestly one of my favorite players for a while because uh, he, when uh, Antonio Brown got drilled by Vontez Perfect um, in that playoff game. And really has never been the same person since, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. And we had to play the Denver Broncos the following week in Denver. And we, I was like, man, we really just have nobody out there right now. Martavis Bryant had a hell of a game that night. And he almost, him and Big Ben almost beat the Broncos who went on to win the Super Bowl. So, um, sadly, Martavis Bryant was playing in an age where you can't smoke weed. And he kind of got the Josh Gordon treatment. <laughs> He couldn't stay off the weed, and that kind of ended his NFL career. So that sucks, but um, I can't remember if he's a Viper or if he's a Seattle Sea Dragon. I can't remember which team he plays Yeah, for. it's one of those two. So, um, yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, very cool for the- – of course. And uh, good luck to the Battlehawks as well. And that's going to wrap up this show. We're going to skip the simulator this week because we – We've gone a little bit over time, and you know, obviously, we've done it the last three weeks, and not a lot has changed. It, especially in the NFC, it's really the exact same. Um, but the only things that have changed, obviously, the Chiefs took over as the one seed. Dolphins leapfrogged the Bills for first place. So I might, I might do a simulator on my own, and then just post the results on t- the Twitter account. But I don't know. No simulator live this week, anyway. That's going to wrap up the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, hope you all enjoyed it. And we will see you next week, probably for a little bit earlier of a show, if I had to imagine, because usually we record these on Thursday night, and next Thursday is Thursday is Thanksgiving. So I'm thinking maybe, maybe a Wednesday recording. night. 
Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, we'll talk Maybe. about that. Yeah, after Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. So we will just, like I said, follow Twitter again for updates. We'll be a little bit earlier. And uh, everyone have a great weekend.